When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Sorry, I, I couldn't resist playing a bit more of that. I know I finished the podcast with it last night, but I have to play a bit more of that uh, Mission Impossible theme tune because England have done it. They have achieved Mission Impossible, not only by winning today's extraordinary run chase and breaking their own test record for highest ever run chase in a fourth inning, successful run chase, but also four in a row, four run chases in a row, all seemingly quite difficult, if not impossible, and this this England side have Simon, well, seems to have almost sort of reinvented the way Test cricket is perceived and played. It's been a month of incredible Test match cricket from England. I've never seen anything like it, and I don't think anyone else has. Uh, those run chases have been phenomenal. It's not. I think it's not just the run chases. It's the positions they've been in in the games where they've, in, in sort of football terms, I think in this match they were sort of three nil down with about half an hour left, something like that. I and mean, that's the position they found themselves in. India were, what, 280-odd ahead with seven wickets in hand. And, you you know, you win from there because you get 450, you get 500. But they England managed to nip out the, the, the last few wickets, the last seven wickets quite cheaply. And then they set about that, that run chase uh, you know, in remarkable fashion. I think today, you talk about sort of Mission Impossible, today actually it was just a stroll. I mean, it was like it was a, like a stroll in a Birmingham park today. There was no intensity at all, or India couldn't create any intensity whatsoever. And England knocked them off inside 20 overs. Bairstow and Root just at the absolute top of their games at the moment. Root's been in great form for a long time. And we know Bairstow's just been in brilliant form 
since he was he unleashed himself in that test match at, at Trent Bridge. It's, it's, it's phenomenal to watch, really. And in a strange way, Yoz, I, I, mean, I don't know whether you felt this, it, it was sort of an anticlimax because, I mean, normally when you're chasing 378, you, you feel there were going to be some ups and downs on the way. There were, there were a few downs yesterday as far as England are concerned, but apart from that, it was just an on, upward trajectory all the way. And it was there was no tension in it after after the first or sort of twenty minutes, half an hour. England scored quite freely. There was no real tension in it, so it was it was a sort of strange uh, victory for England in a, in a way today. I don't know whether you whether you sort of sense that as well. Yeah, a, a slight anticlimax, <laughs> and because it seemed so inevitable that it would happen, the play was so flawless that when occasionally someone played and missed it, it was almost like an outrage and you're not allowed to do it and the, the the approach that the England players took was so certain you, you just felt yeah of course when Root yesterday dabbed his 100th attempted 100th run into the ground of course it bounced over slip and went to the boundary and when he ran up the wicket uh, to, to Tacker and smashed him back over his head. It didn't look as if he connected with it, but of course he connected with it cleanly and hit him back over his head. And when he set himself to to play that outrageous reverse ramp of a fast bowler, of course it went for six. It, it just, everything sort of worked. And I think sometimes it's just the power of positive thought, isn't it? It's the power of self-belief that infuses you with this incredible confidence. And it, it you you as the opposition just wither and sort of almost die and and it, it's almost a hopeless effort to try and bowl at, at batsmen like that and you sort of feel it inside I think as well uh, amazing performance you know lots of records set of course not only England's highest ever run chase but also the first time that a pair of batsmen from England have mo- both made a hundred in a successful run chase there's a list here uh, sent to us by our faithful statistician Pushka in the world's best cricket club. And the list includes some great names like Arthur Morris and Don Bradman for Australia, Conrad Hunt and Garfield Sobers for the West Indies, Gavaskar and Vishwanath for India. Uh, further down the list, more recent, Graham Smith and A.B. de Villiers, South Africa, Graham Smith and Hashim Amla, all made hundreds in a fourth innings run chase as a pair but never an English pair before. And Root and Burst are obviously doing it today. Four centuries in the series, if you count last year's series as well, as part of it by Joe Root. And 700, 737 runs, I think, in the series. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, you know, add it all up together from last summer as well. And, and the other thing about him, you know, people have drawn a comparison between Coley and Root uh, uh, over the last three years, in, in which time... Coley scored no centuries in Test cricket and Root scored 11. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal scoring from Joe Root. I mean, it's been a constant theme of this podcast over the last couple of years. I mean, the the remarkable thing, you know, in a way uh, for Joe Root is that he was still churning those runs out while he was captain, while he actually just sort of felt under the pump as captain as England were losing matches or drawing matches and very rarely winning them. But he was still managing to produce runs and he, and now he's sort of given up the captaincy it's had absolutely no effect at all he's, in a way it's sort of liberated him he's actually playing a, a few more shots Th- this innings there was um, until he got after he got his 100 it was a bit more unconventional because he mentioned those two strokes he played the bash down the ground and then reverse uh, ramp for six but it was a quite a conventional innings and I thought in the first innings of this test match 
he just went away from that a bit and he, he ducked a bit out of sorts actually he was playing huge drives outside the off stump first ball after an interval and you thought that's not Joe Root the, the, you know, the one that we've, we've come to know and, and admire and, and see score all those runs and this innings though was just it was just sort of cool and classy and considered it, it, it really was a sort of quite a ruthless innings uh, from Joe Root and you know some wonderful strokes as well but he had to put behind him the fact that he'd ran out Alex Lees England were 109 for three. The game was really in the balance then. I said to Johnny Bairstow afterwards, you know, what what did he sort of think when he came out 109 for three? You know, two, three, seven, eight. You know, must have seemed quite a long way off. And he said, well, that's not how we think about it. And that you know, there was it was a slight sort of bristle there from Johnny Bairstow. But you know, come on, Johnny, this was the this was the England record. I mean, it was a long way off, but it actually just showed how. Uh, brilliantly he played and and Joe Root played that they were able to to get them I also said to Johnny Best you know was there any doubt this morning you know when you started that you you might not get these runs and he said no not at all they just they just seemed so confident it just felt that sort of inevitability again that we saw at, at Headingley when they, they knocked off those runs against New Zealand at Headingley on that on that final morning and India had no answers they they just looked a team that was flat, and and we we did talk about this yesterday, Yolz. Yeah, you know, whether they are a bit short of a gallop, you know, is a one-off uh, test match, and you know you've got bowlers who are bowling lots of overs when they've been bowling in in the IPL, you know, four over spells, and suddenly you you know you're, you're into a test match without a huge amount of preparation. Whether that affected them in this second innings, I'm not sure. But also as well, the pitch. I mean, what about the pitch? It looked as if it was a bit up and down, but but it barely played any tricks at all. It was a it was a pretty good. Uh, bat- well, very good batting wicket and a pretty good cricket wicket. There was something uh, there for the bowlers. Yeah, it seemed to sort of deaden a bit, didn't it? Mm. Uh, there wasn't that spite in it which you'd seen from earlier days. And it's just difficult to know now whether that's because the bowlers were just a little bit tired or mentally drained or the pitch had, 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 had sort of gone to sleep as well. And it was probably a combination of all of those things. Over time, pitches can lose their life because of the, the battering away of the ball on a on a spot, and gradually they lose their bit of sort of spiciness. But I think actually, just when you're as I said at the start, you know, when you're bowling at these batsmen like that who seem to have bats as wide as a barn door, and you can't see any way past them, it's a demoralising experience bowling at them, and that that extra five percent that you might need to find that sparky spikeful delivery isn't there and you're, you're almost sort of forlorn and kind of going through the motions mentally in a way so it, it was probably a, a combination of, of everything Raul Dravid speaking afterwards the Indian coach didn't make any excuses in fact he was very clear that he didn't want to make any excuses for lack of preparation and all that and just gave great credit to the batsman um, here's a here's a nice stat from Ben Gardner of Wisden. Johnny Bairstow has made 11% of his career test runs and 33% of his test career hundreds since the start of Love Island 2022. <laughs> Gosh, it's not still going, is it, Love Island? I, I must admit I haven't um, engaged. Stuck with the cricket, so television goes off at 8 o'clock at night. 
Well, I, I can't answer that question about whether it's still going or not. Um, because I, like you, have been focusing on the cricket in the last uh, couple of weeks. But, but here's something: we talk about sort of modern day cricket. The game actually finished. There's something I, I don't know. There's something sort of opposite about it. It actually finished with a reverse sweep. The the winning run came off a reverse sweep, and that sort of, in a way, I suppose, sort of sums it. I mean, no, we, I know that's part. Of, you know, of the game now, uh, the reverse sweep, especially in Test match cricket. Even you know, Dom Sibley went to 100 Old Trafford with a reverse sweep. But there was, it, I don't know. It just it just felt so. You know, your record run chase 378. The perfect way to win the game is with a reverse sweep. Uh, Johnny Bester winning the game at Headingley with a six over a wide long on that felt appropriate. And today it felt he didn't quite nail it. Joe Root actually just went away for a single. He played one just before it brilliantly, right out the middle of the bat that that went for four. But yeah, a reverse sweep uh, to win the game. That's you know it, it felt like it felt so modern. Well, one thing that caught my attention afterwards, and I'm sure it was a tongue-in-cheek uh, comment from Ben Stokes. Um, well, it, it was a tongue-in-cheek comment. Is, is that there was there was part of him that was hoping they were chasing 450 to, you know, <laughs> to see just just to see what you know what might be possible. Um, well, they'll probably get the chance somewhere on the line, won't they? Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be flawless as, as time goes on. You know, there, there are going to be test matches where they are going to be set that, that sort of a total to win a game. It might happen against South Africa, it might happen in Pakistan or Australia uh, next summer, and that will be fascinating. Cause, of course, you know, there's one record. It was an England record, three seven eight. But of course, there's another record, isn't there? There's the world record, which is West Indies four hundred eighteen against Australia. So it was almost as if he was saying, "Oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't have minded having a go at that in these conditions and in the form that we're in and the way that we're playing." It it's a bit like the English white ball team trying to break their own record, which they did, you know, several couple of times in the that period 2015 to 2019 where they first set the record 444 at Trent Bridge and then beat it with the 481 at Trent Bridge uh and now they've got they've beaten that again haven't they and now at 498 uh, I get against the Netherlands so it's long that the, the English one day side have sort of thrown down the gauntlet to the test team and Stokes wants to see if see what see what they can achieve I I can't see it happening in, in England somehow I I can't really see South Africa getting a lead of 450 over two innings and setting England that much. But, yeah, you could see it happening in Pakistan, maybe. But in a way, if the England bowling attack resumes its consistency and a couple of injuries are sorted, it's going to be quite a tough team to, to score really big runs against. So, well, I mean, mind you, New Zealand managed it, of course. They got 400, 500 and... 50-odd, so, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah. So the thing is, why that, that, that can't scenario could be possible is because of the run rate, which is so high that it's a, an enabling teams to score fast and obviously pile up big scores. So, yeah, anything is possible. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One comment is also that struck me as well uh, today. Uh, uh, do I, I sort of just have this sort of sense that there's a feeling within the England camp that not everyone is quite clocked on yet to what, what they're trying to do. It's like it's almost as they're still trying to say, look, hold on, you know, we, we will chase 450, we will chase 500, you, you don't get it, this is what we're about now. And uh, it, 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 there's, a, there's a sort of scepticism among perhaps some people in the media that you, you can't play test cricket this way. Ultimately, it's going to come and bite you in the bottom. You know, you it, it, it's all very well uh, playing this. And, I, and I, in a strange way, I think this game sort of um, was more evidence in favour of England because, I, I mean, I, I felt, I think and a lot of people wrote it, didn't they, early, early in the game, spoke it as well and said... Actually, look, the reality is struck in this match. You know, they come, you come up against a, a decent side, Indian side, and you know you're well behind after three days, and it's almost inevitable you're going to lose the game. And I, and I, I have to say, I thought England would lose the game. I just thought, you know, the India good enough, to, and the pitch just seemed to have enough in it to make it impossible for England. You know, and I, not, not that's not to say England, you know, not exciting and actually, you know, best of brilliant innings in the, in the first innings, and England recovered from 84 for five they got another 200 but just yeah the, the, you can't do it every time but uh, I, they, they did that, that that's the thing and so it, it's almost perhaps the doubters if if there are doubters still uh will come round um but they've also got that caveat haven't they though where they say well we, we can't win every game and we'll come we will come unstuck and so they, they've sort of got that caveat uh, for whenever it, it does happen, that's because it's inevitable. You can't keep on, you can't keep on winning. I know the Australian side of the nineties and two thousands just won, won just about everything, but I, I, mean, I don't think England are there. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that long ago. It was one win in, in seventeen. But is it just amazing, isn't it? That the transformation, the mindset has produced a transformation, mm. performance, and result. Yeah, it, it, it is a mindset, but it, I suppose you know you've got to put it down to the skill as well mm. and. Uh, that I suppose one of the things that's making these run chases in the fourth innings a bit more possible is the range of and repertoire of, of batsmen now, which means that when Jadeja goes over the wicket and bowls into the, the filth outside the leg stump, which used to be a very good way of drying up the runs and allowing the faster bowlers to rotate from the other end and, and basically put the batting team under pressure. Now... The, the teams, the batsmen, have got so many more options and they can reverse sweep and play other shots that stops that mm. ploy from being effective in the same way as if you bowl wide of off stump. Uh, you know, batsmen are so good now at, with their different methods of carving and, and, and creaming the ball wherever. So it, it makes a, a team trying to dry up the runs against highly talented and versatile batsmen, very difficult. 
as long as a pitch stays fairly true, which this one did, it, it is making these kind of formally run chases possible. And the players know it as well. And in, in fact, of course, it, what, what it will change is, is teams' attitude to what they do at the tops yeah. because teams are going to be worried now about batting first against England, aren't they? Well, that's, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, just on Jadeja, by the way, just bef- before we go on to the toss, uh, Jadeja actually did, to some extent, dry up the runs. He bowled 18.4 over three maidens, not for 62. So there, there was a little bit of control. But you know, even he, the most economical bowler, you know, trying to dry it up into the rough, went at 3.32, which is actually, is a pr- you know, traditionally, is quite a high rate uh, for Test match cricket. And every other bowler was above four and over, and Siraj was over six, and Shardell Tucker was close to six. Anyway, so what about the, what about the toss? I mean, it's going to be interesting because there are going to be, surely there are going to be matches uh, where Ben Stokes wins the toss and you look at the pitch, you say it is an absolute bat first pitch. The times he's put the opposition in, I think you can see the the logic behind it. You know, if if there's going to be anything, it will be there, you know, on the first day and then it might just get uh, better for batting. So I'm surely there are going to be times when you either look at the surface and say, actually, no, this is a bat first pitch. It, it really is. It's a sort of no brainer. And actually then do they what say, well, let's back ourselves to blaze away and get 450, 500, presumably. But I mean, they, they can't it's just... It's harder to do that. Yeah, it, it's it's actually harder to do that in a way, batting first, isn't it? It's so much easier. And this is what the, which is the, always the philosophy England's one day side mm. used for for many, many matches was it, it, it we prefer to chase because, well, firstly, actually, when you're bowling second in a one-day game, it's virtually impossible to defend a score, isn't it? Because batting teams are so good. And so, you know, the majority of one-day matches, especially under lights, tend to be won by the team batting second because they know what they've got to get. And it's harder to set a target uh, starting off in a match, especially a test match, because you don't know how the pitch is going to play. You don't know how it's going to evolve. So... You know, it's almost let's let's bowl on it and see, and then we can work out how to bat on it later. But do do not do not see that there there are surely there are going to be times when you look at the surface and it is very dry. Uh, I mean, if you've got a spinner in your side, <laughs> you know, someone like Jack Leach be thinking, hold on a second. You know, I want to be I want to be bowling second and fourth. You know, I don't want to be bowling first and third. Uh, I mean, Toffers was actually saying this. He's going, oh yeah, I mean. What we're gonna we're always gonna be putting the opposition in? Yeah, you know, what does that mean for me as a a spinner? That was sort of him thinking back to you know if he was. I'm sure they're gonna. Well, Leach took ten for with his his team in first and third innings. I know he did. I know he did. Yeah, and 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 the, I suppose the, the the thing about that the pitch did start quite dry. New Zealand won the toss in that game though, didn't they? And and, and decided to bat first. So that wasn't a Stokes decision. That was a Kane Williamson decision in, in the Test match at Headingley. But I suppose the, the fascinating thing was is in the future will I mean in Pakistan for example will Ben Stokes put the opposition in because they they'll want to chase? Uh, do you think you have to? You might have to look at it a bit different. I mean, you know, traditionally, subcontinental pitches, you you never think about batting second, do you? I mean, that's not to say you can't win batting second, but that's that's the orthodox view. So I I, might, I wonder whether England might do that. But so is, so is, you think that is will be a default game plan? I, I mean, I know for example um, with Owen Morgan, you know, England generally like to chase in in white ball cricket, but at Lords. 
the stats say actually it's better to bat first at Lords in one-day internationals. So often when he's won the toss there, England bat first. So I, I don't, I don't think it. Well, I, I can't see it becoming sort of hard and fast rule that we always put the opposition in if we win the toss. I think there are days when you will want to to bat first. The overheads, for example, and the, and the nature of the surface, you know, perfectly prepared, nice and dry at the start of the game. Surely, don't you think yours? Do you think? Oh. Well, I think this England are, are going to be. Their mantra is expect the unexpected. Uh, well, so be. I think it's going to be hard to tell what they're going to do. Maybe <laughs> they might change tack in Pakistan, but the, the, finding this formula working at the moment, they'll probably think, why should we change? Uh, yeah. So it's, who, who knows? It's, it actually seems a bit of a shame now, isn't it, that we've got a hiatus from from Test Creek. Six weeks actually until the South Africa series starts. They're, they're, Two test matches in August, then one at the Oval in, in September. The focus switches to white ball cricket. One one thing that struck me, and I did have a look at it today, and I, it's difficult to work out. It's not like looking at the Premier League table or the Championship table or even the you know, Rugby Union table. It's, I looked at the World Test Championship table. I tried to work out whether England could still qualify for the final. And I think they possibly can now, but I mean they'd have to have a, a you know continue this amazing streak of results. They probably just looking at the table, they probably have to beat South Africa three 0 to really lower their percentage um, score and to lift their own up. So you basically take away from South Africa in second place and and lift your own percentage up. Uh, but obviously it depends on lots of other results as well. Pakistan are lurking in third place as well, and England go up against them in the autumn. So they probably have to win both series you know reasonably handsomely to qualify for the final anyway i'm not saying it's it's uh, it, the arithmetic is really complicated but they have just given themselves a little bit of chance of of making the the world test championship final i reckon just looking at the stats and that final will take place somewhere in england uh, next summer um do you think do you think getting to the, the final i mean presumably getting to the final in the next round of, of of the World Test Championship will be one of their one of their goals, I imagine. The the problem with playing in Pakistan, you know, close to the end of the year is that you lose light quite quickly, and it might be hard to get a a, a conclusion to those Test matches. You also get due, don't you, early in the morning. So sometimes it's a late start. So t- time and hours of play will be possibly curtailed. But anyway, we'll see. I guess it's much harder to get results. In Pakistan, but still possible as Australia proved. Yeah, well, at the moment Australia on top, South Africa in second place with a, a percentage of seventy-one point four three. But they've only played seven matches. They've won five. They've lost two. So, you know, if England, if and this is a big if, if England were to beat them three nil, that mean they'd won five and lost five. They'd be down to fifty percent. So they would dramatically fall. And if England were to win three, they I reckon they'd be somewhere up around fifty percent. And Pakistan in third place are fifty two point three eight percent at the moment. And India down to fifty two. Actually, they lost uh, some points for. Uh, slow over rate as well in this game so um, there's all sorts of things to throw in in the mix uh, before uh, the, you know, the, the finalists are known last time of course it was uh, New Zealand and India and New Zealand uh, taking down India uh, last summer and in a match in which India also were not that well prepared for New Zealand had the battle-hardened series against England and India didn't have that and New Zealand were able to win so whether that worked in England's favour I don't know but it's it's been a, it's a glorious month where test cricket has taken centre stage what do you think the reaction around the world will be I'm just trying to consider I think about what the reaction in Australia will be to how England have played this summer 
Um, I, I suspect it might be something along the lines of, well, you know, the Poms weren't that good when we last played them. Um, we did pretty well over in England uh, last time we were there. We should have won the Ashes. Let's see them take on our quick bowlers and our quality attack and, and play in that ultra-aggressive way. Well, I think there'll be a reality check as well. It's not as if the, that we're playing the Australians in Australia. We're playing them at, at home. And I think there'll be a certain amount of, not fear or apprehension, but concern at how to stem the flow. The, the ashes next summer, I, I think, are quite early in the summer. So there will be something in the pitches. So the, the, the faster bowlers will be reasonably optimistic. But it's it, it set a new tone. It set a benchmark, which the Australians themselves did in the 90s with Hayden and Langer and Ponting and Adam Gilchrist and Gilchrist. people like that, the way they batted, mm. uh, where... It's funny. Do you remember actually Michael Vaughan countered that quite cleverly by uh, posting boundary fielders, cover boundary sort of mm. deep set sweepers quite early in innings to stop those boundaries, and then the, the trend eventually became bringing the fielders in. As England are now, they're sort of start, starting to be more aggressive with their field settings and much more positive with their bat with the bat, and so you probably see. In the future, Australia playing Australia playing with those boundary sweepers against this kind of England batting. Oh, I think th- th- there'll be there'll be concern around the world at how to to deal with the with this onslaught that that England have unleashed. They'll still think that they fancy their chances of getting the openers out. And obviously, number three, Ollie Pope failed in the second innings. Got a duck in the second innings in this Test match. So. They'll still think that they've got chances of making early inroads, but they won't want to see Root and Bairstow in this sort of nick because Mm. they're unstoppable. Yeah, perhaps we're making the mistake though, yours, aren't we? Of not looking at the next Test match. We often thought in cricket we look ahead, look ahead, but it, you know, it is tantalising, isn't it? The, the the prospect of the some of the series to come and the South African series would be fascinating as well. South Africa took down India um, when they played them around the turn of the year. They beat them by uh, two matches to one, and they they look like a side that are. Um, a bit more on the up. I think last time England played them, I thought they looked quite a poor side in South Africa, but they've gone to New Zealand and drawn and they've beaten India at home. So, that, I mean, that should be a, another fascinating series. But bef- before then, it's, it's, it's white ball cricket or is it just um, just more test cricket, just play with a white ball? I don't know. I'm getting a bit, conf- <laughs> I'm getting a bit confused what it's, what it's like now. I mean, all, it's cricket. All our... It's cricket. We've got the yeah. 100 in about three weeks as well. It's aggressive. Everyone it's complaining aggressive about it. It's, it's cricket. It's just yeah. good to see it. It's good to see bat against ball. I guess, really, you want to see a, a contest between bat and ball. And that's the problem with some of these white ball games. You don't get that. It's too batting dominant. Uh, you could say the same about the, the Test Series recently, but the bowlers have had their, their opportunities. Uh, so Test cricket still is the, 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 the ultimate form of the game. But, you know, I mean, it's nice to see... The, the, a few different players coming out now. A, a couple mm. of people with opportunities. Uh, a new bowler may take his place in the England side for the one-day series, the T20 mm. series. Richard Gleeson, who's quite a tall, strapping, fast bowler, who's been around the county circuit a while. We might see a bit of Liam Livingston. Um, we might see a bit of Matt Parkinson. So it's good, all to look forward to, really, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's been such a great summer of cricket so far. The weather's largely speaking played its part as well. It's been a, a very dry summer, so we've had you know, bags of cricket. And this, yeah, there is so much more to come. It, it is coming. The old cliche, thick and fast, because the first T20 between India and England is at Southampton on Thursday, and they really are just cramming it all in because there there is so much to cram in. Lots of uh, white ball matches, that India series, and then a South African series as well of, of one days and, and T20s, and then the hundred, and then the South Africa Test match series. Uh, well, it's been an incredible uh, four weeks, and even if England lose every Test match from here, um, at least they say, well, we did it once. You know, we 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 just captured everyone's imagination, and they did, didn't they? I think they have done over the last. Uh, a few weeks, you know, big crowds in on the last day. There wasn't actually quite as many there today as they were suggested. I don't know where, where all the people who bought the tickets uh, were. It may well be that people bought their tickets at 5 o'clock and then saw the score at 6.30 and they might be India supporters and thought, actually, no, we, we might lose. But, you know, there was no guarantee of that. We could have had a more dramatic day. Anyway, there were a few more empty seats than I think people were expecting today. But it was still a decent atmosphere, but it was a... It, it was a canter in the end. It was a, it was a knockoff, really. Um, it was it was a bit like watching one of those one-day internationals where you, you win with about eight overs to spare by eight wickets. Um, phenomenal, really, when you consider where England were in this test it match. It was basically Ben Stokes and the England team today saying to Joss Butler taking over the one-day side from Owen Morgan, <laughs> follow that. <laughs> and I, well... Butler is about the only man in Britain who could, I suppose, mm. after the way he played in the IPL. So uh, we'll see how a new-look England white ball team get on over the next couple of weeks against a rather shell-shocked India. So we'll be back to review that T20 series. Meantime, thanks for listening and enjoy this England reinvention. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.